listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. Welcome to Dairy Voice. This is your host, Joel Hastings. For this episode, we're stepping aside from our roster of dairy producers and organizational leaders in order to try to look ahead just a bit. And to help us do that, our guest today is Fred Schonenberg, the founder and CEO of Venture Fuel which helps large corporations partner with startups and bring breakthrough technologies to their uh, research and development efforts. Venture Fuel has run over 100 innovation programs and pilots for brands like Nike, Pepsi, AB InBev, General Mills, Beam Suntory, and the California Milk Marketing Board. As some of you may recall, Fred and his firm worked with the California Milk Advisory Board last fall to create a Shark Tank-style activity for small and startup dairy companies who were introducing new milk products. That's where we met Fred, and we've stayed in touch since then. Fred, we welcome you to Dairy Voice. Joel, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Why don't we begin uh, by having you tell us a little bit about your company and how you connected with CMAB. So Venture Fuel's mission is, is to help larger companies evolve their businesses to, to kind of uh, spark growth, for lack of a, a more elaborate discussion on it. But the way we've been able to do that is we tap into the startup ecosystem. So there's a, there's a lot of discussion about disruption and, and technology coming to eat larger companies. And, and we don't see it that way. We see uh, startups, uh, the venture capital world, they're, they're trying to grow but they need partnerships from established companies. Uh, so, so our firm was created to kind of fuel the growth of both new ventures and established companies. So you mentioned a lot of the clients we've worked with and, and really what they're trying to do is, is tap into that innovator mindset and figure out how they can take uh, the best of the startup ecosystem and marry that with the best of their business. So the, the things that have made them successful how can those two things come together and evolve and, and grow all parties? So that's, that's our business. We had a great time with CMAB. I, I met the CEO, uh, John Talbot, at a, a conference. We, we sat next to each other uh, and just had a great, great conversation about the dairy industry and where it was and where, where it was going uh, and some of the challenges it was facing. And, and we kind of, we, we bonded over this idea of, you know, how could we take two of California's great resources, the, the dairy industry, uh, Real California Milk, uh, and this sort of startup ecosystem that is famous in, in Silicon Valley, but really goes up and down uh, California. Could we marry those two to drive innovation for dairy uh, and also kind of introduce this this venture capital and startup ecosystem to to the dairy industry and, and help everybody go? And and we, we kind of spent you know, several months talking with, with John and his team, uh, Bob Carroll over there and the board, uh, and, and really, you know, zoning in on how we could be most helpful. And that led to the Real California Milk Accelerator, uh, which you described very well as, as sort of like a Shark Tank style event where we had startup founders from all around the world, from Russia to Seattle to California, basically creating new dairy products that would, were committed to then uh, produce those in the state of California using Real California Milk. And that was really a fun program, and obviously that's where you and I uh, got acquainted. And uh, it was one of the more exciting dairy things that we did last year, in, in recent years, really. It was, it was quite fascinating. 
It was it was a great energy. Uh, we you know we met at the finals, which which was a, a an event we did in Silicon Valley, uh, where all the different the finalists uh, sampled their dairy products, got on stage and pitched. And uh, yeah, I mean you nailed it. There was an energy in the room that night, which was which was really I mean it was palpable, and it was it was so much fun for for myself and my team and to try all the the new products and, and get to meet uh, the farmers and the producers. It was it was just a really it was a really fun experience. When you uh think about that event, have you stayed in touch with the uh, product, the, the, the folks at Bear that uh, had a high protein drink, part of your role to stay in touch with, with those folks? Yeah, we, we've stayed in touch. Uh, the, the winning team was Bears Nutritional. Uh, they had almost like a, I'll call it a muscle milk uh, for, for kids to make sure that they, active kids got the nutrition they needed. And yeah, we, we've stayed close with them, uh, as has CMAB, to make sure that they get off the ground. And, and they've made a lot of progress. I think you know the world as it is right now has slowed down a lot of things that I, I would expect them to already be in market. And, and we've kind of slowed that process a bit with the with all the tumultuousness in the world but yeah they're they're one of several of the finalists that i think will end up going to market hopefully this year well that's exciting as uh john talbot observed and has observed since uh we've got a long established product but some innovative new uh, ingredients innovative packaging innovative content i think is is what we're looking for and and i think you know when you know, we work across so many different industries but the the magic truly happens when you have a fantastic core product with an industry that is strong knows what they're doing and you can layer in innovation with that it, it really is a, a fantastic combination and it, it, it enables both sides to bring their strengths to the table. Um, so I, I think this is just the start of sort of innovation and dairy together, accelerating everybody involved. I heard you on one of your recent podcasts uh, speaking with the uh, chief marketing officer at MasterCard, and he was explaining how that synergy, if you will, between a, a large established company and a uh, startup uh, with a great idea but needing help, how that can work because the larger companies often just can't really visualize and implement change uh, like the startups can. Raj Benar is the, the CMO over there uh, and just an absolute like visionary. He is, he's, he's delightful to listen to, but he, he, he did a great job of sort of saying it very simply. And it's, if, if you think of, can use dairy as an example, actually, uh, or MasterCard, you take a, you take a large company, it, it gets very successful for a reason. It's very good at doing a few things and it focuses on that. And its job is to maintain that success, uh, make it more efficient, find flaws within the process, uh, work those out and deliver predictable growth, right? Year over year. Uh, and that's, that's the goal. And what's interesting is once a company becomes large, their mind space gets diverted. There's a million things to worry about. HR, uh, legal, where's your office space? What kind of letterhead do you use, right? Like all, all these types of things. Uh, or just think of all the worries that a, a dairy farmer has. To then say, hey, CEO of the farm, now you need to go come up with unique ideas, totally separate, like completely off the map from what you're doing day in, day out. It's, it's just not realistic for somebody to do with the same type of precision, power, and speed of a startup founder. The startup founder only is thinking about whatever that one thing is. That's their baby. And one day they'll get big enough that they also will have a hard time innovating. And, and I think that's pretty interesting as some of these you know, tech startups uh, that, that really you know, kind of started bubbling up in the early to mid-2000s, you know, focused on one thing for a long time, and now they're getting bigger and bigger. 
And they're actually looking to the next wave of startups to partner with to fuel that innovation. So um, Raja said it great that in his 35 years working for huge companies like MasterCard, the biggest growth moments he's had in his entire career have been through collaboration with outside startups. Uh, in your work at Venture Fuel, obviously you collaborated successfully with, uh, with the California Milk Advisory Board. Have you been involved with uh, other food companies or even commodity groups uh, and, and ag firms? Yeah, we've, we've done a lot of work in, in both food and beverage. Uh, so, you know, client list includes Pepsi, General Mills, Hershey's, and kind of on and on on that, that sort of Fortune 500 and CPG side of things. So, so we get a lot of exposure to this. And I think, I think one of the reasons is they're large, successful companies. Uh, so they've hit this moment where they need outside innovation. They need other people to collaborate with to continue because they have to focus on their core business. Right. Uh, I, I think one of the most interesting conversation or parts of the conversation with Raja at MasterCard was he took the name MasterCard off their logo. And like, can you imagine like that conversation? But like his job is to ensure MasterCard continues delivering on what they do well. And, and so what he's tasking the outside, the startups and innovation people to do is think of things different, adjacent industries, other ways to operate. So the, the food and beverage space, it's very similar. You know, Pepsi is great at selling Pepsi and all the other beverages they have. But when they start to think about autonomous robots, direct to consumer, and all these you know, better for you products, you know, they're, they're opening themselves to ideas that are outside of their four walls. Because there's no company today that's big enough to afford all the best talent on all the best subjects. Uh, so it's a way to kind of open your doors and, and get uh, outside perspective to help you grow. Cantus comes to the market in 2020 with a new vision for animals, farmers, and food production. Our world-changing technology combines computer vision and artificial intelligence to watch over your business 24-7 alerting you when it matters most. We help you make data-driven decisions to improve your dairy operation and animal health, positively impacting productivity and profitability. Cantus is keeping an eye on your farm and an eye on your future. To learn more about us, log on to cantus.com today. And we're back. One of the other elements that struck me as I looked at your website and thought about this conversation that we're having is the, the concept of change. I think one of your folks was quoted as saying that uh, you have to go looking for change. It doesn't come to you. And I think uh, whether we're in dairy or media, as I am and as you have been, change is always hard. Change is just hard. Do you see that change process uh, changing or being different? as we move through this COVID pandemic and hopefully begin to come out on the other side of it? Yeah, I, I think, so the, the pandemic, I've, I've seen it called a whole bunch of different things, the great reset or the great pause. Uh, in, in my mind, I, I see it as the great accelerator. And what I mean by that is it's a moment in time where the status quo approach to business just got up and left the building. Emerging technologies change. They went from nice to have things to kind of think about to mission critical in, in a matter of weeks. Take, you know, video conferencing. We were, we were chatting before this podcast. That tech has been emerging for years, but nobody really went all in on it. 
but adoption for that accelerated, you know, seven years worth of adoption happened in seven days. So all the remote work from home tech or even supply chain, autonomous delivery, robotic warehouses, direct to consumer models, all that went from mm, one day we'll get to it, we'll see how it goes to like an immediate need. And, and I feel this pandemic has sort of accelerated change uh, and our, our need to embrace it. And, and it's funny because I talk about it all the time, future change. And I hate it too. Like it's not comfortable. You know, you, you don't, you know, I've got, I've got my brand of deodorant that I found when I was 17 years old and like, I like it. But if I, all of a sudden I found out it was destroying the environment and, you know, whatever, whatever the reason is, you know, something's got to spur you to take action. And I feel that everything we've all been going through, it mandates that business leaders must attack problems faster and more creatively than before. And quite honestly, they're going to need to disrupt uh, or they're going to get disrupted. I agree. And I've heard, uh, as you just said, I think that there are those who say that the, the pandemic and the impact of the pandemic on us, the trends that were happening before have really been ramped up. And, and it's, I, I think you're exactly right on target there. Like if you, if you look at retail even. Yes. There, there's like, you know, there are vulnerabilities and flaws in the business models that all of us could kind of see. And you have to imagine the people at the retailers saw them. Everyone knew that less people were going physically into stores and people started to shop online. But it almost seemed like these brick and mortars were holding on because even though the trend lines were, were going in a direction, no one wanted to change, no one to rock, rock the boat. And now, you know, JCPenney, Neiman Marcus, J. Crew, all have filed for bankruptcy. And I think that what, what, what the pandemic has sort of done is it's taken any flaws in your business model and just accelerated the reality of whatever that vulnerability might be. Uh, so we have to kind of you know, take a hard look in the mirror and say, okay, here are things that we have to address. Let's address them now before they become an issue. And, and we might need to look outside of you know, our own R&D team to develop them. Do you have any other thoughts, particularly on the, on the food business? Uh, in dairy, a huge impact of the shutdown was that when restaurants closed, food service stopped, and that represented really almost half of dairy sales. And while markets have come back, there are those who predict that uh, the restaurant industry won't come back the way it used to. There's a statistic that we saw that talking about 30% of restaurants won't be able to reopen or keep going. As you look at the food industry from your perspective, uh, what, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, I think human beings love to be together. It's, I, I don't think that, I think we will find a way to do that. I do think it will evolve depending on how this all plays out. Uh, so it may not go back to the same levels. I'm sort of looking into a crystal ball. What I always kind of start with whenever we're talking to anybody is like, you need to get as close to your consumer with a one-to-one -one relationship as you possibly can. That way you don't get sort of disrupted when people stop going to restaurants because you know that they're ordering from you directly. And one of the farmers uh, and, and a producer too that, that I got to know a little bit through the work at CMAB was uh, Neil Rosa of Rosa Brothers. And I started following them on Instagram and saw that throughout this, he was doing almost like pop-up drive-through dairies where they would announce that they were going to have a truck and they were going to be on, at the spot on the road and you could come pick up milk and ice cream and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and to me, that's, hey, he's creating a one-to-one -one relationship, which if things get disrupted and you know, maybe the restaurant sales don't, don't go to where they want, he, he's got other ways he can pivot and, and think of things. So I, you know, I can't tell you where restaurants where that's going, I think, you know, they're going to need to be 
changed with how people sit, at least in the near term. But it's, it's been a really difficult thing for food and beverage. I, I mentioned like a Pepsi or, or somebody like that or an AB InBev. They are doing a lot of direct-to-consumer right now, but they lost all of that restaurant business and all the school business and all the bars and all, you know, on and on. What becomes really important here is this sort of like adaptable mindset, this this leadership where the playbook is getting torn up and, and what you need is somebody at the helm that can say, okay, if we don't have the restaurant revenue, what does that mean? Those people still want to consume our products, but they're going to want to do it in a different way, maybe more at home. Maybe breakfast becomes less of a grab and go and more of a, a destination uh, because we're all home together. So what does that mean for milk, for instance? So I think there's a lot of ways to look at this, but being agile uh, and adaptable is, is, is sort of the number one piece of advice I would, I would give anyone. Good advice in any business environment, but I think probably especially helpful uh, in today's situation, whether we're uh, still in a semi-closed down state or as we move through it and and, uh, come out at the other end uh, after we hope there's a vaccine or as we like to say in the dairy industry, uh, when there is herd immunity in the population and we don't have to be quite as concerned about catching the disease. You know, it's, it's, also like super inspiring in this, right? Because it can be a little overwhelming. Nobody likes uncertainty. But I've been very inspired watching people in the food industry as well as the dairy community that are embracing innovation or new ways of thinking. We we just interviewed somebody, uh, CEO of something called Pod Foods, uh, which is actually helping earlier stage products get onto shelf at big retailers. We got introduced to somebody running uh, the SoCal Milk Drop, which is essentially like the old milkman model, but uh, a collaboration of different Southern California uh, dairies and farmers basically creating that farm to table vibe. So there, there's so much out there and so much opportunity and potential. It, it's just sometimes you have to kind of pick your, your head up out of the sort of daily grind uh, to, to kind of see, see that opportunity and, and find ways to plug your business into it. Well, I think that's a great thought, and I appreciate you sharing those examples with us. Those are fascinating. My my pleasure. Well, Fred, it's been a pleasure talking with you, and uh, it sounds like you're keeping your eye on the food and the dairy industries for us, and uh, we hope that we'll be able to continue to stay in touch and continue to do things together. Well, Joel, thanks so much for having me. It's been a a pleasure, and uh, love love the podcast, so, so keep up all the good work you're doing. Thank you. You're very kind. We've been speaking with Fred Schonenberg of Venture Fuel. Among many other clients, he's worked with the California Milk Advisory Board. This is Joel Hastings for Dairy Voice at dairybusiness.com.